Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by my main man. Hello, the Wrestle Talk universe, Wrestle Talkers, and the Wrestle Talk community. Hello, Oliver Davis. How are you? How did you find today's show? I thought it was a good show. It was a, it was just a great week for WWE television. Really solid Raw, really solid SmackDown. A fun week to talk about wrestling. You know, um, actually, I'll talk about that at the end because I was gonna I was gonna say how it kind of makes me view how each show should be rated. Mm-hmm. Like I would prefer if that was the average quality. I think that's like. You know, if that's you not to- too much to ask yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. If you if you were to watch Breaking Bad or Walking Dead, you would expect the quality of those shows to be similar to what we got from WWE this week. I don't know. I've never seen them. And then the really good shows, you'll be like, oh, that's like a four out of five show rather than a three out of five show. And then the really really good shows, you know, some of the you know top twenty of all time would get you five out of fives. Uh, but really, I feel like the baseline is because I gave uh, SmackDown a core. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially no uh, SmackDown, which is essentially a four out of five, and really it should be a three out of five. Yeah. So it's like that that mid level is che- is <laughs> is not where it needs to be. Man, you are so harsh with the the way that you rate shows and and the way that I mean we've we've had this before on the on the old movie podcast about your uh, your uh, unwillingness to to hand out a five star rating or even a four star rating for some things. I just, I, it's like the WWE Championship belts. I don't want to dilute them. I don't. I'm, I'm struggling to load up the iTunes reviews as well. So we might have to do these at the end. Should we get right on with the show? Well, let's get on with the show. The problem is, though, you don't get. I mean, we're quite attractive mm. young men, aren't we? Well, so, obviously. I mean, so that switches l- out. Look at this yep. right here. Yep. This is a fresh haircut done on Monday. That's how fresh this haircut is. Oh, it's chilly. <laughs> it's like in the fresh freezer aisle. Yep, and the beard has had a huge chunk taking off. I taking did off not even notice no? that. 
<laughs> Where did it go? Uh, well, it's on my uh, barber's shop floor, I guess. Barber's shop window, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> it got thrown through like Mikey Giannetti. It turned heel. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did you yeah. not keep it? Did you not like... No, I mean... It, you can it, have it, a beard extension later on if you want to switch. No, looks. I mean, it was, it's always going to grow back anyway, but like I needed to get it cut mm. because it got to an extreme length. It, I don't usually grow it out that long, but um, I, as I've said to a few people in, in the YouTube comments, I've, I lost <laughs> the plug for my electric razor. So I've not been able to have a proper shave for months. For months. Um, I mean that it's a pretty easy fix though, isn't it? Buy a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'd, maybe well, get a, another plug thing. Well, you know, those are both good options, mm-hmm. uh, and ones that I will employ at some point. I am going to buy myself a, a new electric razor at some point. But it was just I needed to get it cut off. She took off more than I'd intended. I think that looks good, man. But that's what that's what my lady partner said. She makes said it, it mm. looks better on me because she you doesn't can like see more of your face. <laughs> your gorgeous little face. It's so funny because like when I did the news yesterday. Um, it was just like every other comment was just like either nice, nice haircut or like you look like a dork. Yeah, well, we can't help that. <laughs> welcome, we are going to look like dorks. Welcome to YouTube. Yeah, we, we're sitting in front of lots of wrestling T-shirts yep. with, uh, I mean, I want to call them action figures, but let's call them what they are. Toys. Yep. Um, yep. And stuff from our childhood. So we are dorks. Oh, but hopefully dorks, that's yeah. why you like us. We've got a dorky thing that's going on right now as well. If you haven't seen an episode where we've done it, we'll, we're going to slip a little one at the start of the Raw Smackdown review, although that takes up so much time anyway. And that is my new favourite segment on anything we do, crap gimmicks. So this was an idea that Ollie uh, pitched to me uh, last week, last couple of weeks, where we started talking about like crap gimmicks, basically, and trying to uh, ask you, the WrestleTalk universe, to come back to us with your crap gimmicks. Not to give to specific wrestlers, perhaps, but just to come up with crap gimmicks. For example, I uh, had the fishmonger mm. uh, who will fill it to you, and he come, and then someone suggested that uh, he comes out with his valet, Annette. Every time we talk about the crap gimmicks, which has been about twice now, mm. this is the third time actually, you have brought up your fishmonger gimmick. Well, it's because that's it's the, a good example. It's a, it good, a good it's, example. It's a good example because like what... I just feel like you want it to happen. <laughs> like so, what we said that the best way to do a crap gimmick is to like look at the uh, mid nineties or like ninety four, mm. ninety five era of WWE where you were you were a blank and a wrestler. Yeah. So you were a wrestler. And a dustman. You were a wrestler and a clown. So that's uh, that's what I was doing. That that was my idea. We then you said uh, just in case. That was earlier. Oh, don't, I don't. I might. I'm gonna flash that. Oh, out sorry. Later. Okay. Well, sorry. Just in case is still. That's cool. Still uh, building. I mean, I've, I've just had another idea from him. Suitcase salesman. He's <laughs> <laughs> not just a cautious guy. He's also a suitcase salesman. Uh, I've also got another one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to hear my new crap gimmick? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Peter out. Uh, nice. Yeah, he is. He starts off really well, but then his matches just peter out mm. before the end of it, and then he ends up losing. Yeah, I mean these are. So we're not doing the the mid nineties approach there. We're, we're strictly taking a just incredible <laughs> style <laughs> pun name. It's because you said just. I, I said, oh, I better bring that in just in case. And you went good crap gimmick yeah, idea, yeah. and then that made me think of Peter out. So yeah, so that that was a, a different way of doing a crap gimmick. Well, the nineties, the mid nineties uh, gimmick of having a profession and a wrestler ties into one of your suggestions. This is Joseph Whitehouse. Uh, he says, my gimmick for you two to pitch to Vince is a British butcher 
like you see in Tesco or Asda. Nice. Those are British supermarkets for the United States folks. He could come out in a uniform and have a rope of sausages around his neck. Love it. It doesn't have to be a Brit, but I can imagine Vince putting Jack Gallagher in the role and it would be hilarious if he talked like he was from Yorkshire. Love it. That, yes. that, that is a crap gimmick. That's a crap gimmick, but is it crap enough? Could that in any way get over? Could uh, no, no. I I I see the uh, the British butcher, um, and I, I'd imagine they'd give him that as well because this bit that you've got double meaning behind that as well because like he is a butcher, he he is a, that's what his profession is. Yeah. But also he's a butcher like Abdullah the butcher. It's it sounds like a mean term, mm. uh, but that would probably get over as well as the goon did. No, I don't know, man. I think there's I think there's mileage in this because you to to outline the rule outline the rules. It has to be completely unworkable to get on our crap roster. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no salvageable points. And this one, I'm just th- and as soon as you said rope of sausages round the neck, I think that's something. The referee's down. He reaches for the rope of sausages in the corner. Yeah. That's a little tug. Ah, oh, he's straightening yeah. the one, two, three win. So I like it. Yeah, so yeah. Like his finisher would be the camel clutch, but he uses the uh the, oh, uh, yeah, the, the sausages the... rather than putting your, your hands on the machine. Be, I'd say that's a signature move. Yeah. Couldn't finish with that because no. the, it's illegal. And then maybe like he that. like he could come out with gimmick sausages as well. So like they look like a ring of sausages, but actually it's a brick. Yes, <laughs> yes love that. Uh, and I'm sure wraps around got... his hand like golden dusters. Oh yes, and that's like just one meat-based product. He could he could just have a giant ham. Yep, and hit people with a giant ham. They're heavy, so uh, yeah, yeah. gammon steaks, slap slap slap. Yep. Actually, you now you're talking about. Yeah, it, I you feel, see, it's I feel, got it. I feel like there is mileage in this. Yeah. Yep, and I'm sure there's loads of meat-based puns that the commentary team can go wild with. And Have fun with that in the comment section. Yeah, the real problem as well is that irony thing that people like to do, like 3MB. Yeah. Uh, people like to ironically cheer them as mm-hmm. though they're real superstars. I'm going to get loads of heat now from <laughs> saying as if they're not real superstars, considering where two of them have gone on to be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I can see him getting over in an ironic sense. The only way is to put like a well-respected indie wrestler in the role. <laughs> yeah. Someone else pitched. Like Will uh, Ospreay comes yeah, in yeah. and that's the role he's given. Someone else pitched uh, Kenny Omega coming in, but as the Terminator. <laughs> so he's like a robot walking around. <laughs> and like that would, you know, that could make yeah. the crap roster gimmick. We'll come on to that another time. Uh, I like, so uh, the British Butcher, uh, his is like, get ready to meet your match. Oh, because, <laughs> yes. because meat, meat is... Yeah, yeah, yeah I get it, I yeah. get it. This is good. Let's get on to Raw. Ha <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked, man. So I just realised that I missed out on another meat pun there, with it being Raw, Raw meat. Oh, yes, that been a yeah. seamless I'm going to beat you Raw, yeah. But let's kick off, which was a pretty uh, nice seamless storyline in itself, which was John Cena taking on Jason Jordan in the opening match of Raw, which was a really nice mirroring of how Cena debuted in WWE, which was, of course, against Kurt Angle about 15 years ago. It was 2002, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, against Kurt Angle on SmackDown. And now, all these years later, now Cena's the veteran, and he's taking on the alleged, illegitimate storyline, kayfabe son of Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan. I thought, as as a storyline, that's a really nice little thing to tell when uh, when cena came out uh, at the start of the show because they'd just done the big video package of cena v reigns mm. from the, the the previous week with their their shoot promo uh i did things like oh god i don't need i don't need a cena promo now that's the last thing i need to, to kind of kick off this morning yeah and then and then actually it wasn't and jason jordan was like oh we're gonna have a match and as soon as jordan came out i was like 
This is going to be a great match. Yeah. John Cena and Jason Jordan, this is going to be a great match. And it was a pretty fine match. And it was. I, I, I really... loved those uh, rolling Northern Knights suplexes. Oh, that yeah. Did. So, so yeah, good. Do one and then he rolled over and he hit another yeah. one. That was amazing. Uh, obviously, nowhere near the level of the uh, Cena debut back in 2002. No, because um, as much as I like Jason Jordan, I don't see him becoming like the next John Cena. No. Uh, they 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 won't be showing this footage in 15 years time to be like oh and look where Jason Jordan is now yeah hopefully they would have just retconned out this whole Kurt Angle <laughs> thing but at least because initially when they they unveiled Jordan as the illegitimate son of Kurt Angle and then they were obviously grooming him for a a Miz feud and then possibly an Intercontinental title win for once to their credit. WWE listened to the dull crowd reactions. Maybe that's why, because he was getting no crowd reaction mm-hmm. rather than boos or cheers exactly, either yeah. way. That, that's what will kill someone, is, yeah. is no reaction. So they they changed their plans. He didn't get the SummerSlam match with The Miz. Then The Miz would have had a title match on the pay-per-view. And now they're taking a much more organic route, which is what they've been doing with Gable. to brilliant effect on SmackDown, mm-hmm. his former American Alpha tag Absolutely, team partner. Absolutely, yeah. And that's having these valiant fighting good showing efforts uh, it was 10 minutes on tv but i think it went like 15 20 uh, for the live crowd where he just falls short it doesn't just fall short but it's a really good showing and then because he is a rookie you can tell that story of him getting better and him improving and then maybe one day he can defeat the top dogs absolutely i i thought this was a really really good match i really enjoyed it i thought jordan looked great mm. throughout uh, and I thought that he was put over just at the right level uh, yeah. in terms of like he wasn't. They, they, it was not a man. Look how great Jordan is, and look how he's going to be a ne- he's going to be a future champion. It was just like this kid has got something, and we're mm. going to show that off. And I I really liked that. I thought it was a really organic way, as you said, a really organic mm. way to to kind of push him and get him over. Um, my only note that I have made uh, from this match uh, is that uh, John Cena needs a haircut. I never noticed that, but I mean, we are not one to comment on balding patches. No, no, no. It's actually not the balding thing because I was mm. the one who pointed out that, like, as a someone in in the know, he yeah. has got, he has got the balding patch at the back because he's got the same one that I've got. Maybe he hasn't seen it. Maybe it's because can't see me. Yeah. Uh, but like, his hair just feels very tufty at the moment. It just feels like it just needs a bit of a trim. I'm not sure if he's doing it for a movie, but it just feels like he needs a trim. That's your takeaway. <laughs> it was my takeaway from that match. I mean, I could have enjoyed it. I could have got into the match, but he's got tufty John, hair. John Cena's just got really tufty hair he's at the moment. But hair. I did like it. I thought it was a good match. He looks messy. Uh, I Yeah, I thought, uh, that, like you said, they, they put over Jordan just at the right amount. You can see it over on SmackDown as well. I'll come on to it later on when we talk about it. But Baron Corbin now feels at the right level and it feels so much easier to like believe you know like you're not reaching or i've brought it up before when someone says in any in anything doesn't have to be wrestling or wwe if i hear this gonna this guy's gonna be awesome this guy's great i'm like i'm just not that great (laughs) you know it's my natural response because i'm you know inside i'm a bit of a it's an asshole it's the uh the shinsuke nakamura response yeah. Whereas Nakamura came into WWE with a lot of, with more or less everyone who'd been who'd watched anything in New Japan, going like, "Oh my God, he's like the greatest wrestler on the planet. He's absolutely awesome. He's the most charismatic person." And then he comes to WWE. If you watch it for the first time, you're like, "It's not that great, is it? Mm. It's, what's that with his hands?" Well, that was. I mean, I was one of those guys. Wasn't well. Everyone else likes him now. <laughs> oh, he's not that great. So after that match, we had Roman Reigns come out and interrupt John Cena, and they had a. 
that they tried to recapture what they had the previous week with the work shoot mm. promo. And it, and it didn't come off quite as well. I, the one thing I will say is that I thought that um, Roman came off better this week than mm. he did last week. But yeah, it really felt like they were just trying to recapture the lightning in the bottle. And I, I, I always worry. I mean, I've even written my notes here. I don't want to see this for the next three weeks or like in the next two weeks to build up till, till No Mercy whenever it is. Because like, and I feel like that's just what WWE do. They do, they find something that works, and they're like, "Ah, brilliant! We've got it now. Let's do it again, and mm. then we'll do it again the next week, and the crowd will keep popping." But like uh, Brock Lesnar fighting against whomever, and then being separated by security after a while, you know, it, it's law of diminishing returns. And the problem is, like with the the Usos and the New Day before. I think it was their battleground match. They had this, or was it SummerSlam? They had that really hot rap battle segment. It was their uh, battlegrounds. Yeah, and it was like, now I want them to to see them fight. But uh, the next two weeks were just this person from the tag team faces that person from yeah. the tag team. You want your hottest angle to be on the go home show traditionally. I was I was stunned that they didn't have a tag match again this week mm. because they had one for the last two weeks, and I thought, well, this is this is what they're doing then. Well, this they is did the it booking, in the, the women's division. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've got a because I I like a good cock joke, and I because you are one. I brought this up in my SmackDown, sorry, my Raw review, and I don't think Roman Reigns is penis zipper line works just to recap if you haven't <laughs> seen it because some people only watch these videos rather than sit through the five hours of wwe television itself understandable it was roman reigns came out and john cena goes oh your flies are undone and reigns effectively says it's because i've got a big penis he, it, it busted the zipper. he said he goes it goes i burst the zipper big dog yeah. i i popped i did laugh so, so what? What me? Obviously, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, because it's funny. Uh, but it's just funny because Roman Reigns is making a penis joke. Well, it's not just that Roman Reigns is making a penis joke. It's it that was doesn't the, work. It, it was when the you look into it. You're thinking about this too literally. It was funny. Like the delivery was very funny, which is understandable because Roman Reigns, when he's not given awful scripted material, is a very naturally charismatic guy. You see him in interviews outside of WWE. He just comes across very, very well. And he's a very funny and personable guy. And it, 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 for me, because he did so poorly last week, particularly when Cena was improving around him and he flubbed his lines, and Cena made him even made an example out of him for for flubbing his lines, that. It, it showed a bit of personality. And I popped, A, because it showed a bit of personality, and then B, I popped because it's it's a funny line, and it was a very, very funny joke. It was a good, witty comeback. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it really worked for me. So it did feel like an improvised line, and you you said you thought it was an improvised line. Y- yes. I have a theory as to mm. how it was improvised. I mean, improvised, but... yeah, I mean, so my, my feeling behind it was that just before Roman went out, like, Vince grabbed him in Gorilla and was just like, hey... Zip, unzip your flies because John Cena will notice that and then you can then feed him this and then you can give him this retort back now I don't know if that's the case that was that's just you know perhaps that's me speculating perhaps me that's projecting but yeah I'd, I'd like to think that Roman came up with it on his own it's you projecting you want Vince McMahon to take you to one side and say, say unzip your flies pals, you've unzip just your flies. given them so much fuel <laughs> you've just given the comments in the, the YouTube section so much uh, fuel I've said all the words wrong <laughs> Vince McMahon pulling Roman Reigns to one side. Pull, pull, your, pull your zipper down. Exactly. Yeah. God damn it, pal! Zip that fly. So I think I I think it was all scripted. Mm-hmm. I think this was to capitalise off that moment from last week, and they sort of script in 
a, a mock fluff. Yeah. Okay. Where, so it's all planned, and it just feels like such a John Cena joke to me. And there were reports last week that John Cena was heavily involved in writing both his part and Roman Reigns' part mm-hmm. for that first reaction promo. I that to me feels like a Cena line. And I would be very interested to see if, if Cena did that. Yeah, him. I mean, I, I'm not saying that Roman definitely did come up with it. I'm not even saying that uh, anyone uh, mm. came up with it. But even like, because I said it's an improv line, if it was handed to him, like even if it was Vince had handed him just before it went out, that is then technically scripted. But I, I, I thought it was a nice little moment. And it's the first time, I've almost, I mean, I almost want to say it's the first time ever that Roman showed some personality. Because... No, that night after WrestleMania when he just stood there. Yeah, okay, even then, but that's a completely scripted thing as well. Like, I, they, I guarantee... T- Timing-wise, I... he's not there in his head, like, counting. That's that's a natural timing thing to know when to do it oh, and when to bring the microphone. And that's, Totally, that's but what, when, I say, when I say scripted, I mean that th- they never gave him anything to actually go out there and say. Mm. They just sure. said, like, the crowd are going to boo you out of this building, so just go down there and just work them. Mm. It's the same thing that uh, Cass did um, just before SummerSlam. When he's yeah, going to take at SummerSlam yeah. and just winding the crowd up more and more. I think we're losing sight of the fact that the, the penis joke doesn't work. And and the penis joke is an art form. I feel a bit uh feel a bit cheated that Now who's projecting? It just doesn't it just it it's it can't bust the zipper. <laughs> it, well it's just, oh, I mean, you wouldn't know, you're not a big dog. Yeah, I've never, I've never been in that situation where no. my penis has broken the zipper of trousers. Well, once the you... zipper is winning in that battle. Well, when you get your own yard, okay. like then you'll know. Oh, do you think that's what it's in reference to? <laughs> it's uh... jeez. This is my yard now. That is an imperial <laughs> measurement. That is a, a, a girthy measurement. Oh dear me. So uh, the the actual content of the promo was Roman Reigns effectively coming down, weirdly, I thought, as for the story of the promo, saying, you just toyed with Jason Jordan. You could have beaten him any time, but look, you're John Cena. You want to build people up and knock him down. And I'm I'm hearing that. I'm thinking, well, that's a, that's an interesting angle to take on this. Um, but really, although it's interesting, do you want to say, is that the best thing to say after Jason Jordan had this Re- the best showing he's had so far as easily the best showing he's had yeah. since this gimmick change against the tops one of the top stars in the company yeah and that's because you're effectively saying yeah that all, everything you just saw didn't matter because Cena could have beat him any down any time Cena could have said that hey that was a that was a plucky young kid you're being unfair to Jason Jordan but he didn't he then retorted with a really nice like bit of tactics but again it's a tactics that harm uh, Jason Jordan saying I sucked him in, I knew he'd get tired in the eighth round, you know, thinking like sort of Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather tactics. In that stage fight. Yeah, yeah, in that, in that uh, gimmick fight, yeah. So so that, bur- that not buries Jason Jordan, but it doesn't do him any favours. So I just thought that was a weird, it was a weird way to approach what happened before. Mm-hmm. But for the content of the promo, it was really interesting. But I, I, the negative consequence... I can't see how they didn't see that negatively impacting Jordan. Mm-hmm. If I was to be hypercritical. Uh, but other than that, I thought it was a very good promo. Not a patch on the previous week, of course. No. Uh, next up, we had Sheamus and Cesaro beating Heath Slater and Rhino. This was a sort of bookend match with another tag team match later on in the night because we're in that stage of the feud yep. where this team fights a tag team 
and then the other team fights another tag team and they're trying to one-up each other. Only, only next week, it will be Shamara uh, versus Galanderson and it will be Death versus Rhino and Slater. Yep, yep, so... Uh... And then, Great. yeah, so we can look forward to those angles. And you had a uh, death out there on commentary. They were fine. They were good. The match itself was fine. Um, it was th- quick. It, it was this quick. Was it was, it was, quick. it was fine. All fine. Yeah. I mean, but it's, you've got fine and then you've got fine. You know, <laughs> fine is like, you know, this is solidly moving along. I, I thought this was fine because yeah. I'll be honest you know that before SummerSlam best feud best storyline in WWE not really a feud I guess uh, and now it is just copy and paste stuff my disappointment from this came was just like oh it's that automatic reclaw, uh, rematch clause mm. so you're gonna they're gonna get their rematch at the next pay-per-view and I thought let's just shake this up a little bit eh like let's, let's, let's move these things around it's such a damaging Clause to build into your storytelling in terms of like things get repetitive, but they don't even stick to it. Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, people without say, yeah, yeah without their automatic you know it's just been dropped. Kevin Owens tweeted recently, tweeted this week uh, that he hasn't forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, creative have. Next up, though, we had the Miz taking on Jeff Hardy. Oh, what a great match this was! A fantastic match. I mean. What a shocker. Miz, very, very good in the ring. Well, I wouldn't say no, that. I'd say he's... Miz can be carried to a very, very good match. And it does take two that's to a, tango. That's a much better way. And it does take two to tango. Yes, and Miz, and yeah. Miz knows how to do his spots and, know, and play his role very well. And when I say that I think that Miz is good in the ring, I am probably saying this comparatively to how he used to be. Go back and watch his WrestleMania main event with John Cena, which is diabolically bad. It's an awful, awful match. And that is mostly down to the Miz just being very, very bad, put into a spot that he wasn't ready for and got exposed for it. But now he knows what he needs to do and he knows what his, the role he needs to play. And it was really weird on the commentary, them going like, oh, Miz will go down as one of the greats of all time. And like, he's a future Hall of Famer and stuff. And I was, I was thinking like, man, if you just like said to me, while I was at university 10 years ago, when the Miz, oh, actually more than 10 years ago now, when uh, the Miz was... was uh, starting up in 2006, and you had JBL hating him on commentary. My favourite JBL line for The Miz was when um, it was JBL's birthday, and whoever the other commentator was said, like, oh, maybe Miz uh, will get you something for your birthday. And JBL said, and I kid you not, he could get me a present, he could die. And that was that would be uh, Miz's present to JBL. Um, and be a star, kid. Be a star, kid. And if you'd have told, if you'd have gone back to 2006, Luke and said, like, by the way, there'll be a time when they're gonna say he's one of the greats of all time, like with amongst your your Hulk Hogan's and your Randy Savages, he's one of the greats of all time, and he'll be a Hall of Famer. I'd have been like, don't buy it, don't buy it, and I don't see it. I think that that time traveling Luke should also say to pass Luke. And you'll be saying John Cena's pretty damn good. <laughs> um, that's actually very true because in 2006 I was part of the John Cena sucks bandwagon, and as TNA, we all as we all were. And TNA won't topple WWE. <laughs> TNA will be renamed GFW, and it will be pants, and possibly renamed back to something else. Yeah, later on. and all of the good people that you like <laughs> now are going to be in WWE. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, so this was this was a really good match, and it it had. A nice structure as well. Before the match, you had Jeff Hardy doing an interview backstage. He brought a nice personal dimension, saying he was doing it for his daughter. Although, I mean, and, you know, perhaps I'm being harsh on the lad, but Jeff's been doing this now for 18 years. Mm. Still can't cut a promo. 
Yeah, but, I mean, he can wrestle. He can but, wrestle a match. You, you can say he can cut an okay... He can cut a promo the same way Miz can uh, wrestle okay, a match. Yeah, fair, okay, fair enough. you see, yeah, like, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, there we go. There's the parallel. The other thing I will say about the promo as well is that, I mean, maybe this is just me, but I'm getting a bit tired of the, the broken teases. Yeah. And I'm getting a bit... Just, just like, either do it Should or... you do this now, ma'am? I'm, yeah, I'm tired of it too. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, Are you yeah. tired of it too? I'm tired of it like, too. If you, like, pull the trigger or don't. Like, mm. like it's it's enough with the teases and like at first it was really cute when he would go like wonderful and you're like oh it's like the the broken yeah. thing or like delightful ah the broken thing that might mean it's coming soon but yeah man it's been we're six months removed from WrestleMania mm. I don't know dude I'm a bit it's it's not good that it's not like they're getting bigger reactions or even the same reactions every week no now jeff's doing solo stuff yeah like delete Matt's... is not over as it once yeah. was and yeah i don't know man it's i'm a bit i'm a bit tired of it now yeah it's it is a shame because we, i'm glad i'm not alone. We want the best for them yeah we want the best for them absolutely and it's like the first time i've had this oh, i feel really? good i feel good, good to get, to get it out like so i don't want the hardies to become the dudleys when the dudleys mm. had their last run in wwe when they were just an nostalgia act i want them to like move on as characters but yeah, like pull the trigger or don't do it. Yeah, it's such a shame. Yeah, uh, we don't know what's going on backstage. Really, it seems a bit of a mess. Anyway, the actual match though yes. between Jeff Hardy and Miz was really nicely paced because you, they had a bit of smoke and mirrors on the outside. You had Matt and you had the Miz to Raj. They were both sent to the back. That was a bit of drama. And then I've thought about it more, and someone I can't remember who it was tweeted me and were like. Uh, I don't think it was a botch. I just think it was like a nice valet manager thing to do. And this is the finish where Jeff Hardy goes up for the Swanton Bomb. Miz is lying down. Maurice reaches in to grab Miz's hand and just squeezes it. Mm. And at the time I thought, well, that looks like a botch. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, no, that's kind of like, you know, it, it, it makes Miz look better that he managed to beat Jeff like that. With just just a, he's coming for you now. Come yeah. at you, snap out of being knocked out. Absolutely. And he rolls out the way. Uh, Jeff misses the Swanton skull crushing finale, and he he wins. What, do you, what would you look at that? A, a, a heel, like winning, going over strong over mm. a plucky baby face. Well, like just not... like just like take note when yeah. you're booking Jinder Mahal. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that, and that really is the key to this. It's like yeah, there was like some outside schmars, and yeah, Marie squeezed his hand, which you could consider to be outside interference, but. At the end of the day, Miz looked like he won the match on his own. Mm. And that really puts him over strong, especially against like a, a veteran like Jeff Hardy. Whereas if, if Jinder had had even just one victory like that over over Randy, then he'd be so much he'd be a more credible champion than he is at the moment, which at the moment everyone just thinks of him as a joke. We're gonna talk about credible champions. Well, let's move on to who could be the next one because he's challenging for it at no mercy. Uh, Enzo Amore is, of of course, now in the cruiserweight division. He won the 205 Live Fatal Five Way to to face Neville at the pay per view, and yep. on Raw he had a six man tag because that's how the cruiserweights are done these days. Mm -hmm. They've gone from having two matches a show with their own ropes to just one to one All of them. one six man tag. And it's Enzo. So this was Enzo and Grand Matalik and uh, Alexander versus Tony Nese, Noam Dart and Drew Gulak. Obviously getting jobber entrances. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Enzo cut a nice promo. Went but on though. It did go on. He, yeah, it does seem really to always go on, on with him. The problem was when he talked about how he's been winning matches 
which is by cheating. And he sort of borrowed the Eddie Guerrero line. If you're not, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Mm-hmm. And the crowd were like, oh, oh, we don't want Enzo to be like that. Yeah. We, we don't see you as this cool Eddie Guerrero style tweener, but kind of more of a baby face guy. Yeah. Like cheating isn't cool when you do it for some reason. Yeah, I, was, I also felt that like Enzo was kind of burying the 205 Live division mm. in his promo because th- th- his promo more or less just boiled down to, I'm such a bigger star than everyone here. Yeah, I'm so much better than all of you here and I should be doing so much better, but I'm stuck with you losers. If the long-term plan is to turn him heel, then yep. you know absolutely that's yeah. you're telling a good story yeah but uh, i i don't know i don't know where it's going the other thing and i thought this the other day the cruiserweight the cruiserweight division as a whole of course has loads of problems mm-hmm. and i feel like i've found another one oh wow excellent i'm glad we found mm, more problems yeah, with the cruiserweight yeah, yeah. division pray tell what is it so you look at this match who's been featured as the guy who's been built up to face neville it's enzo yeah He's the, he's the only one. Where's Akira Tozawa? Oh, and yeah, then you're yeah. like, oh, Akira Tozawa was really hot, and then he's disappeared. And then uh, who was before? Where's Austin Aries? Of course, he's been released. Who was before Austin Aries? Jack Gallagher. I haven't seen Jack Gallagher for a while. When was the last time I saw Rich Swan? Where's TJ Perkins gone? So it's like all these guys that they're building up to face Neville, they, they just disappear yeah. after they've reached they, a status well they don't disappear they go into 205 live feuds mm. that like and, and here's the daft thing about that is that the whole idea and the reason why they put the cruiserweights on raw was not just because they got the extra hours so they need the extra bodies the idea was they use raw to build 205 storylines so you see the angles on 205 on, on raw and you're like mm. oh man that makes me want to see the the resulting match on 205 live now they're not doing that. Now they just have two or five specific feuds. Apparently, like Jack Gallagher and Brian Kendrick have been in a, like a real blood feud on Two O Five Live. Yeah, I wouldn't know because I don't watch the show, and they never talk about it on Raw. And I, I mean, I was I was going to come onto this on SmackDown as well, but I am absolutely baffled, really baffled, that not last week and not this week have they not done anything about the May Young Classic on either Raw or SmackDown. Especially considering that on SmackDown this week, Charlotte's obviously, she's with her father, as she should be. Congratulations. You know, well done, Rick. Well done for pulling through. Not dead yet, Not Mother dead, Effers. Mother Effers. And Becky wasn't on the show either. Becky hasn't been on for a while now. But on the Mae Young Classic, they have been doing this angle between mm. the four horsewomen of WWE and the four horsewomen of UFC. And there was an angle that they shot there between like uh, like them and Ronda Rousey and the, and the other ones that no one knows. And, like, why don't you feature any of that? Like, try and use the story, like, the shows that you've got millions of viewers watching to maybe, oh, I don't know, buy the network and, and, and see more of this stuff. I, I completely agree. Because what's that? That's like, a, it was a, a minute-long clip yeah. of the two versions of the four horsewomen yeah, totally. mouthing off to and each it, other. And it explains, like, why Becky's not been on SmackDown mm. recently. Like, but she's not featured today, so it's like, oh, yeah, but she's involved in this feud at the moment with, with the four yeah. horsewomen of UFC. Also check out the Mae Young Classic. The, the only, I mean, the only reason I can see why they didn't do it, I'm just trying to find an explanation, was uh, continuity reasons, because I believe Bailey's in that clip. Yep, she is. But like, you can say that yeah. you can say the Million Classic took place a couple of months ago. It's now airing on the w- and you can go and binge watch all eight episodes. Yeah, well, you know, many problems, but uh, yeah, 
Back is my problem. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, with cruiserweights. Yeah, absolutely. You're building up all these great characters that are getting over. Remember how over G- Gallagher was? Who? Uh, Gallagher. You said Gak Gallagher. Gak Gallagher. <laughs> That's another gimmick. He might be repackaged as the butcher. <laughs> Gak Gallagher. Gak Gallagher. He comes out with like a like a 90s Nickelodeon character. Yeah, yeah. Just throwing Gak at everyone. And uh, yeah, he's just... you. He just disappears when he could. You could have four top guys in the cruiserweight division facing Ooh, off against yeah, each other. Them, yeah, that, but that. now you've just got this flattened out bit, and this guy facing that guy at the top is. Uh... It, it was funny as well because like the there was a backstage. I think it might have been a backstage segment, or I, I was struggling to remember that where they were like, "Oh yeah, so you three won, and you're all mate." Oh, it was Neville, and he said, "Ah, oh, you're old friends now, but there's gonna be a fatal five way." <laughs> you're right. <laughs> There were some bits at the bottom of my teeth. <laughs> oh man, you're right. Okay, you push through. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be okay. Um, uh, and so <coughs> Neville's there going like, "Oh, you're, you're friends now, but like tomorrow you're gonna be foes because there's a fatal five way." I'm not sure in that promo who they they said who the other two lads were. <coughs> I've, and no, they didn't. They, they didn't. didn't, and they didn't even put up a graphic either. So why should I tune in for a fatal five way where I only know three of the participants? Exactly. Can I? Can I? Take... <laughs> I'm getting emotional. It's the cruiserweight division. Can I hazard a guess? It was Tony Nese and Drew Gulak. I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea. But next up, speaking of no idea as to why they're doing things, oh my god! It's I, I thought I feel like I've got it under control and it comes up again. That's uh, what she said. <coughs> Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt are going at it again. Yeah. How are they going to change it up this time? You might ask. Well. Bray Wyatt now wants to face the man, Finn Balor. Yeah. Because he fought the demon at SummerSlam and he was beaten by the demon. I don't want any of this mumbo jumbo. Just give me the man, Finn Balor. I want to see if I can beat him. Which you already have. Problem is, you yeah, it already happened the week before SummerSlam. But a question for you, Oliver Davis. Mm. So, like, there's been a bit of an issue with, with Bray Wyatt as of late. Everyone thinks that his promos are a bit rambly, cuts his spooky promos, and just, no one's really interested anymore. And as such, the feuds kind of die down. And they're really, like, you know, they've had their match at SummerSlam and they're uh, needlessly extending out this feud. So, I mean, did they come up with a really ingenious way of, like, doing the Bray Wyatt promo to make this feud feel fresh and interesting? Like, did they do anything new? Yeah, they did. They put it on the Titan Tron. Oh, of course. They, 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 they haven't on, yeah, done yeah, that before. That's right. It's yeah, they just, they just put it on the Titan Tron because that, that's where Bray lives. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he does it. It's like this is his little box. It's <laughs> massive. Uh, but yes, that's Swatchy still said. that's still carrying on. I'm, I apologise to everyone. I just coughed into the ears off. By the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I if if I were a better editor, I'd cut all that out. Yeah, but um, no, <laughs> how we do things here. Emma and Nia Jax took on Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss in quite a. Uh, and it was, it was you had something on the line here. I liked was, this. I yeah. really liked this. Nia Jax went backstage to Kurt Angle and was like. I should be... Screw this automatic rematch clause. I'm, I'm with you there, Naya. Uh, I I should be the next person to face Bliss. Do you know what was so great about this as well? Is that they showed this video package of last week where Alexa Bliss uh, won back the title mm. and then Nia Jax um, like doing the tree slam and uh, the, the, the fallback thing. Uh, the Alexa chair drop. And, and doing that. And I was like, oh man, this is really going to build up to that Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax match. And then they put up a graphic for No Mercy which was Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks. And I was like... What? Yeah. That makes no sense whatsoever. And that, and I even wrote in my notes, why show that video package if you're building up another match? Mm. And then Nia Jax walked backstage and was like, that video package is dumb. Why aren't I having the match? And I was like, like you, I was like, 
yes, Nia, I'm, I'm agreeing with the heel. Good job, WWE. I was like, this is... This, and then when they said, yeah, we're going to do this as a tag match, and if you both win, you're in the match. I was like, I'm so invested in this now. Mm. Really yeah. good. So actually, what initially turned out, like at the, when they first announced uh, the No Mercy match, I was like, oh God, this is, this is the wrong way. You've got a really hot bit here with Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. But it's turned into... A four-way because, of course, Emma and Nia Jax beat them. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm really wheezing. Can you, are you get in that? Oh yeah, that's yeah, off yeah. My, uh, you sound like crazy that, thing. that character from Toy Story Two, the little penguin oh, that's left up on the wheezy. shelf. Yeah, is it Wheezy the penguin or Muttley? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so, Carl Anderson. But yeah. <laughs> oh god, it's going to set me off if I do that. So, actually, what you've done is this Nia Jax Alexa Bliss feud that's been building for quite a few months anyway. They're not going to give it to you next month because it's going to carry on through the four-way, which is very similar to what they did with Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. You know, you want this match, actually you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for yeah. it. Which, you know, builds expectation and excitement. When it happens, it will feel like a bigger deal. So I'm a big fan of this. Big fan of this. Can I tell you a little quick story? <laughs> tell me. Uh, so my, uh, my, let's hit my microphone there. My lady partner um, was kind of like watching over my shoulder mm. uh, during some of this. And she um, saw the backstage segment between Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks. And she obviously wasn't listening to it, but she saw, like, she was just watching it. And then she saw the end of the tank match again, not with the sound on, because I've got my headphones on, but she saw the end of it. And uh, just as she was about to, to leave for work and go do her proper job, um, she uh, took my headphones down to say goodbye. And she was like, I was just watching then, and I was thinking about the, the wrestling. And I was, the wrestling side of it, I actually really enjoyed. I thought it was really cool. And I was, it was cool seeing the, the girls in there. And I, and I thought, wow, that action looks really, really cool. Lady wrestling. Lady wrestling. And then I'm honestly like, ah, you'll love the Mae Young Classic then. We'll, we'll mm. sit down and watch that later. And then she said something that I think is just, we've talked about it a lot. And it rings so true with WWE. And what she said was, but then I, I thought about the, the look at that backstage segment and it just looks so fake. Yeah. It looks so fake and phony and I can't watch that and I'll never watch it because that's all I'll think about. And then I told her about the how they watch TV and then mm. like the SmackDown thing where all five of them are standing in a line and how Vince McMahon makes movies and I'm like, no one makes movies like this. You don't know how to block things. So so she, she showed an interest in wrestling and you killed it off by saying, oh, it's not just bad there. <laughs> it's bad in loads in all, of other ways. In all fairness, she killed it off herself. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was a little fun story. It is it is a problem because the main accusation against wrestling, if you like it, is why do you like that? It's fake. And you're like, well, I can't defend that if all if all the bits that aren't the wrestling moments do look so staged and so operatic and yeah. and horrible like that. But anyway, just one last bit on this match, apart from the fact that Emma pinned Sasha Banks, which well, poor old Banks. Nia Jax pinned her, really. Was Emma stole the pin. Oh, I was I was talking about who got pinned more. I guess, like, how do you do it? But Banks just doesn't seem to be very happy at the moment, yeah. poor thing. Uh, was the Alexa Bliss scream spot. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that was... It was so great. And actually, I thought they told a really, really good story yeah. within this match is that no one wanted to be in the ring with Nia as well. No one should because she's the big powerhouse. <laughs> but yeah, it was like she attacked it and then she did the raw spot and Alexa Bliss just screamed like it was a horror movie villain. Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. And actually, a, a, another bit of credit I want to give to Nia because Nia was so good in this match throughout was she then hits the leg drop and Emma tags in and she goes in and steals the pin. Nia sold that so well. Yeah. The look on her face, which is just like, can't believe she did that. 
Oh, it was great. I I thought Nia was awesome. And it was nice uh, nice to build up Emma that way as well. Um, sadly, I'm pretty sure she's only in there because she's taking a pin. <laughs> but uh, other than that, very, very what good. What are you talking about? Sasha Banks is in Sasha there. Sasha Banks could also take the pin. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose beat Galanderson. We've already kind of gone over that. that. Shane yeah, yeah. interfered, but mm, actually in a nice... Yeah, yeah twist of events usually ambrose and Rollins still won Mm -hmm. but the main event holy moly built up all the way through the show with these video packages unfortunately the same video package of the ring breaking from when the two collided earlier this year braun Strowman took on oh (laughs) it's the big shave big big uh, king kong bundy coming out for another steel cage match yeah so this i mean just the way it was built throughout the night you had those video packages and you also had interviews with braun Strowman, who did a pretty mean interview with renee young about his waist height then you had big show who cut a hell of an old school promo Mm -hmm. like he was angry like he was trying to intimidate the other person and occasionally he looked into the camera and then my favorite of all the new guy who should he should go down to the performance center right now do promo classes 101 referee john cone oh, i loved it when they interviewed the ref yeah. it was so great like that really i don't know it just added so much it's added something new to this match because mm, we mm. never see the refs interviewed and it would made this big deal which is like i knew there's gonna be a lot of impact so i held onto the rope but man i didn't know how much impact there was gonna be oh it was, it was great it's a really nice touch it was something um bt sport did when they first got the rights to the premier league I don't think anyone had done it beforehand, but they had, I can't remember his name, the famous football British football referee, not um, yeah, not the yeah. Italian guy, but uh, English. And he, in, at halftime and after the match, they'd go to him in his little production truck and say, "What uh, can you give us a breakdown on the refereeing decisions that were made? And he would give like a really smart, yeah, this was a was potentially a bad call, but the reasons he could have done it were this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hot damn, that's interesting. Yeah. I... You know, to just add an extra element of realism, interviewing the referees, referring to the referees by their actual names rather than just the WWE referee, official, the official. Uh, which seems to be going out of favour. It seems to be names are coming back into play again, yep. which is good because why? Why wouldn't you want more characters? I don't understand. I agree. That. Uh, but yeah, that was a lovely touch, and the match itself. You know, you think, oh well, probably five minutes and it'll be over, but it was actually like a fifty-minute super heavyweight clash in a steel cage this was a war can, and i liked it but can i give you my only criticism i have against it because i do have i do have one criticism against this and i think it's not just a minor one i think it's a bit of a major criticism oh, okay. and it's probably the reason that overall i didn't like the match oh i oh i didn't know you didn't like the match yeah i mean it's but it's weird <clears throat> because i did and i thought like the actual spectacle of it was great mm. but like when i look at it at the on the bigger picture side of things i can't overly endorse the match okay from a personal standpoint i felt that the big shave took far too much of the match he was on offense a lot Mm. and braun was selling a lot and that's fine if if the feud is braun big show and this is like the culmination of that that's grand but braun's going on to face brock lesnar and braun has just was put over like such an unstoppable monster at SummerSlam, mm. where like no one could take him down, and then you got Big Show, whose last feud was losing to Big Cass, now taking Braun Strowman to the extremes and nearly winning and nearly beating him. I thought it damaged Strowman a little bit. Like, and this, and again, it would be fine if Big Show was like the next contender to Brock Lesnar, but we all know he's not. Mm. 
like if anything from what we can gather this might be big show's last match and as big show's last match i thought it was great what a way to go out really like that's like that's going out on a high that's like at least you didn't go out on the SummerSlam match with big cass yeah crowd was super into it lots of this is awesome chance you got to do your big elbow drop which looked fantastic like and like and booker t was putting that over so much as like when he first came into wcw as the giant he used to do the elbow drop and it was a it was the most incredible thing i'm not sure we'll ever see it again mm. and there he was doing it, and it was it was brilliant but as i said bigger picture i felt the brawn sold far too much in this match for someone who's going to be facing brock lesnar at the pay-per-view I think that's a valid criticism, actually. Mm. I, I enjoyed the... I really enjoyed it. The spectacle uh, of it, the spectacle it was of it. fantastic. Like you said, the, the elbow drop, the... Uh, just just the how easily Strowman picked up Big Show for that running power slam yeah. finish was just seamless. Yeah. It lifted him up like he weighed nothing. Uh, I mean, my criticism of the match, the only one I had, was going to be that I thought after... You know, you had the superplex off the what's the second rope? No one mentioned that. I was, but you know, the ring didn't collapse because it was a second rope. The crowd superplex. booed it as well because they'd obviously played the video package in the arena of the <laughs> ring exploding. I think everyone was expecting the ring I to did. explode again. So when it did it, everyone went boo. Oh, boo in the ring. Well done, <laughs> crowd. It's, it's come to this. I don't know how logistically that would work with a steel cage. I said that's what they were expecting. It's like, what's going to happen when the steel cage explodes? Yeah. Uh, so. So, you know, that bit, of course, the, the elbow drop. But after all that, I thought, oh, you just won with your finish. And uh, I, I know I'm going to hate myself for saying that because I want people to win with their finish. Yeah. But it just it didn't feel like, you know, we used to Braun Strowman doing these enormous feats of strength and that we've already seen him give the running power slam to Big Show. I didn't I felt like it needed something even bigger than that. The, the bigger thing being the running power slam through the cage, which yeah. is what he did to end it. Of course, it's then, oh, does Big Show win the match? Because he, he fell out the cage, but his feet didn't touch the floor. Yeah, I was going to say, you could go with the feet didn't <laughs> touch the floor rule. Otherwise, you end up with the, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, the Vince Russo winning the WCW yeah. championship. So I think it would have been maybe a way to fix your concerns was if in the last couple of minutes, Braun just dominated Big Show. Mm -hmm. You know, regardless of how the, the first 10 went, in the last five, Braun just dominates him and he wins with a spectacular moment. Uh, but that I didn't feel like the ending was spectacular enough. The, the post-match was, yeah, but I thought that should have been the end of the match. So awesome. Actually, like Matthew of Botchamania put it best when he just had a screen cap of uh, Big Show going through the cage and just put I love wrestling mm. and it was I thought it was a, a fantastic end to the to the match well you know post-match a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's a SmackDown review, Magala. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. Continuing WWE's run of form of three hours, <laughs> SmackDown the following night on Tuesday was another very solid show, in my opinion. You said earlier that you weren't so. You thought it was an okay show. I thought it was a pretty good show. Yeah. Okay. It, it, I, I thought the main event was awesome. Mm. The main event was really, really great. I also loved the the uh, the hot opening angle. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, I, and I actually really enjoyed the uh, the the Baron time match. But we'll go through it. Well, that's yeah. Let's talk about that opening angle. Uh, you've got James Ellsworth introducing Carmella for her match against Natalia. We already knew that was going to happen, so we're like, oh, it's just a match. You know, this is the standard opening of SmackDown. But then they changed it up because now. And one of the things I liked so much about this episode was that it felt chaotic, was that anything could happen. That's what Eric Bischoff always used to say. His, his mentality was to booking out a, an episode of Nitro, like everything was happening live, it was crazy, you didn't know what was going to happen next. It was therefore must-see TV. And Kevin Owens walks down, continuing his refereeing gimmick thing, and starts to try to become the referee for Carmella's match. Shane McMahon, of course, comes down. And then they had... A lot of people have been talking this up as amazing. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't think it was anything on Cena and Reigns the week before. But uh, yeah, they had a pretty vicious promo. Shane didn't get hardly anything in. It was a squash match promo-wise. But KO said, everything you do is to impress your dad. Your family would be better off if you died in that helicopter crash. Which is, you know, that's pretty serious stuff. That's JBL getting a birthday present level stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And then finally, uh, the one that sent Shane over the edge was that he, he just mentioned the fact that he had kids. Yeah. You I can't mean, do that. You can't mention that the man has kids. I was going to say, you can't do, uh, him and Heath Slater would be the people mm. that get really angry over that. Yeah. So Shane was, of course, like, you can't mention the fact I have kids and that they would have seen me do something. Uh, you know, if you insult the kids, I can see why... I've never got uh, this yeah, sort of bravado. That, 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 that's, that's, don't bring yeah, my wife don't, into this. Yeah. Don't bring my kids into this. Yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're just saying. You know, anyway, anyway. 
Shane then lets loose with some genuine punches. It so seemed. he was potatoing all over this show. I'm, you, I'm sure everyone here has probably heard the Chris Jericho clip. Now you showed it to me. Yeah, uh, yeah, Because yeah, we were actually uh, just by happenstance, we happened to be watching uh, the the Survivor Series match from from last oh, year. That's a great match, and which is a great match. It's like a good hour long match. And we literally, you came in from doing the news and you were like, oh my God, this is the spot where Jericho was talking about, uh, what was the podcast? Um, It uh, was from the top From the top right. And I was like, oh, I haven't heard that yet, but I've heard people talking about it. Mm. And then you showed it to me and like, man, like it's so funny because it is uh, highlights Shane McMahon just gets overexcited and just throws his potatoes and just he just doesn't do it very safely. And Jericho legitimately kicks him in the face. And <laughs> he says, van dams him in the face, yeah. as, he, as he put it. Calm the F down. I just... I would love to have been standing on the ringside with the rest of Team yeah. Raw and Team SmackDown. Because sw- when that happened, Chris, of course, Jericho was his best friend at that point. But Kevin Owens was at the top uh, <laughs> clapping. And I thought, they must know that yeah. Jericho legitimately kicked Shane. And then I think Dean Ambrose had been in with Shane before. No, that doesn't work. They're on the same brand. Anyway, I can't remember what happened. Uh, but, but yes, it's yeah. very good. Anyway, what did you think about this? I, I really like this as an opening angle. Uh, I thought that, that KO was was really, really great. I thought that Shane, mm. it was his usual uh, stoic self. But I really liked the, the ensuing fight that came after it. And I, what I loved as well, and it was, this, this is really down to, to Kevin. So he said his line because like Shane had already said, like, don't mention my kids. So Shane, like, so Kevin Owens knew. I'm going to say it's kids again because I yeah. know that's what will wind him up. And he says, and as soon as he does it, he puts his hands up because he knows that punches are coming. And I thought it's a really brilliant character moment because after that, when he was doing the backstage stuff with with uh, Daniel Bryan, I was looking at. I was like, what a great character move. He knew that Shane would react this way, mm. and this is his. This was Kevin Owens' plan all along was to make Shane react. And to make essentially to make Shane lose his job, and I really liked that out of Kevin Owens. I thought it was a really good character piece. Yeah, and it set it set up such a good narrative strain for the rest of the episode to be hung up on, which is what some of the best episodes of Raw or SmackDown do. Yeah, they have show long narratives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do have a little criticism. A yeah, little criticism. absolutely. Yeah, sorry, on. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, but you know, we like to approach this objectively, and and we want it to be the best it possibly can be. So. This is our comments on the bottom of the exam form. The from from our very lame ass perspective, of course, we don't have any experience in the actual wrestling business. Mm, nope. Uh, the I just still don't like Shane McMahon getting the better of what we're meant to think a professional athlete. Well, yeah, they I mean, are professional. Yeah, athletes. that's always going to be the issue, isn't it? I mean, we were talking about that actually <laughs> when we were watching the Survivor Series match from last year. It's like Shane was like, like you know, among the final lot and was going toe-to-toe with people like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. And you're like, yeah, you're meant to be... You're a dad. Mm. You're meant to be, like, the commissioner. Stop stop doing this stuff. And, and I've been through this... I, I, yeah, I've talked about this before, but I used to love Shane McMahon when I was a kid because he was, like... You know, he didn't have a wrestler's body. He was goofy. He couldn't wrestle. He didn't look smooth, but he did this fun little dance thing. Uh and I was like, I lived vicariously through him. He had like one or two matches a year. And I would really look forward to those. But he was always the underdog. You always definitely knew he was going to get the crap beaten out of him by the other guy. But, you know, that's what made it good. But now I look at him and he is very in shape. He looks nothing like me body-wise. I can't really, you know, say, oh, yeah, we're the same. Me and you, McMahon. And he's he's actually physically larger than some of the wrestlers he's going up against. And... 
that how I would have much preferred this to have gone is Owens baits him into that trap. Shane McMahon, like, I'm not having any more of this. Like, just starts going after him. And then Owens just smiles back at him. You know, those punches mm-hmm. are kind of hurting him, but it's not going to take him out like it did on the show where he was pushed back behind the announcer's desk. And then he's like, you've laid your hands on me. Now I can lay my hands on you. Pop-up powerbomb, boom. Owens walks out. And then backstage, he's like, Shane laid his hands on me. Everyone, Shane laid his hands on me. I'm suing. I'm going to own this place. Rebrand SmackDown now. It's going to be the Kevin Owens show. And then you, you, you feel for Shane so much more because he's like, oh, he was just trying yeah, to defend these that is a That is a much better way of doing it. Yeah, and then like, oh no, Shane has been released as, or, you know, suspended, suspended as commissioner because of he was just trying to defend his family, but he got beaten up. It was, it was all a ruse. But that isn't the story they're telling. And that's what I have a problem with. Yeah, no, no, I can, I can really, uh, I, I like that criticism. I mm. thought it was really, really well argued. Um, the actually other thing we haven't talked about before this segment, where there were two promos from Randy and, yeah, and Shinsuke, yeah, yeah, yeah. different to how they usually do promos, which is just that they were in backstage areas, looking directly into the camera. And bit of mood lighting. Bit of mood lighting. And it highlighted a point I made a couple of weeks ago when Randy Orton pinned into Mahal, clean in the middle of the ring in a pointless match. Because then Randy was like, I will finally get back. I will finally get my revenge on uh, on Jinder and win back. I was like, you've had your revenge, apparently. Mm. And you could have won the WWE Championship. But you didn't because you're an idiot. Because they've booked your character to look like a complete gimp. Because you did beat Jinder and you should be champion, but you're not. And I thought it was a really poor. Uh, I, I just thought it was really poor storytelling. Oh, but those opening promos were cool. I, thought I, they, I didn't mind. I like. I like the way they were. Different. I like the way they were structured. It's just that <laughs> the content of Randy Orton as mm. a character at the moment just it fills me with an, a, like, hatred and annoyance. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, next up after that was the match that was supposed to happen, the one that Kevin Owens interrupted, and that was not uh, Natalia. They said Narmella. <laughs> Natalia taking on Carmella. Natalia uh, looks so great with that belt. Yeah, she just she looks like a champion. I I I don't I don't quite agree. I, no, no, I do. She's like she's so solid, but I you know I wouldn't make her my champion. I'm, you got I'm, Charlotte and Becky Lynch on that. Well, brand. Yeah, I and I completely agree with that. Like yeah, you know, I've always I've gone to bat for Becky so many times. Mm-hmm. I think she is the best wrestler outside of Charlotte that's on the SmackDown brand. But man, I'm a big fan of Natalia, and I yeah. think she looks great with the belt. Anyway, the the story of this match because it was over very quickly was that James Ellsworth went to cash in no, the briefcase. Did, he didn't go as a cashier in. He went to support and dropped the briefcase. Oh, uh, was that what and the, happened? And the referee thought it was a cash-in. So then mm. Cameron was like, no, no, no. No, that wasn't a cash-in. That's not a cash-in. Right. Which I thought was <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Because James Ellsworth is so good at being a goof. And he sold it brilliantly. Carmella sold it brilliantly. Natalia sold it brilliantly afterwards. I loved that as a, as a finish. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was really good. And Natalia got the quick roll-up afterwards. Distraction roll-up, the most powerful move. Carmella broke up with Ellsworth. Oh, I was gutted. I mean, I know yeah. they, they got back together by... Well, I think they got back together by the end of the night. But I, I, I was gutted because I was like, there's so much mileage still with this with this pairing. Well, that, yeah, I, initially I wrote, this is, you know, this is a real shame because uh, they're, they're a very entertaining act. Like you said, there's a lot more to do with them. But uh, they're stronger together than they are apart. I mean, let's be honest. If Ellsworth hasn't got a meal ticket, yeah, what do you, what do, you what do? What do you do with Ellsworth if he's not with Carmella? He's either with Ambrose, you know, for all that time, which was yeah. great, and then he Loved moved on to Carmella. Stuff, yeah. So yeah, 
Uh, and I, I don't want to see Ellsworth go. I, I like it. I like him being yeah. on the shows, but he, he can't exist by himself, unfortunately. Absolutely. But the uh, he, he broke up. She, Carmella broke up with Ellsworth, but they were back together by the end of the night yeah. when she snogged him. A big old smooch. Yeah. yeah. Big Cass, watch out. God, he's, he's on the shelf for a month. And she's already moving already on. Already moving on. Oh. And she said, we're going to do things my way from now on. Which I thought they already were. <laughs> well, you know, Ellsworth was being a bit rubbish. So I guess you can make that. Do you know what? Uh, how this uh, how this feud, or say feud, this partnership should could have been improved. And how, and how I would have done this. Comments on the bottom of the exam paper. Comments on the bottom of the exam paper. Perhaps they don't want to do this sort of thing because you've got to spend money. I'd have had more backstage vignettes oh, with yeah, them. Yeah. I'd have had like vignettes of just like them in the week going shopping somewhere and Ellsworth being a goof. Just doing things like that. Out to dinner, Ellsworth messes things up. Mm. WWE comedy is usually awful if it's not the fashion files, but... It would have made their pairing just seem like I, I don't know why they didn't do this while um, Ellsworth was uh, whatever was barred from the building for, for thirty days or whatever. Yeah, completely agree. Well, with the fashion files. Well, actually, someone else, someone contacted me on Twitter today saying that the worst thing about SmackDown was no fashion files. I actually think it's a good thing they didn't have the fashion files this week because the more you do it, the less funny it gets. So oh. I think that using it sparingly is is a better better use of it. I think the worst thing was the Sami Zayn versus Aiden English match. Uh, yes, which no, we can we'll, move on we'll to. Come on in a minute uh, very briefly but yeah the uh that i so my prediction doing things her way seems like a loaded show next week i was we gonna know say yeah. we've got naomi versus natalia mm. for the wwe title maybe naomi wins it or natalia defends after successfully after a long match and then carmella comes out f-a-b-u-l-o-u-s yes but um Warming up for the potential punishment of what we might do yeah, yeah. Uh, next month. Yeah, I, I, I think that might as well. So we've got big, we've got stacked SmackDown next week. Yeah, uh, so next up we had Dolph Ziggler's re-debut, which I will let you... Actually, I'll go through because you've you got go through, some controversial yeah. opinions. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler has been teasing and he's re-debuting. He's repackaging himself for weeks. He's been running down other gimmicks in WWE. So he comes out as he's repackaged new persona... It's John Cena. He does a John Cena impression, acts like a goof, holds the camera. That was my favourite bit. Did a goofy salute and everything. It was like that isn't that isn't what S- you want. Salutes aren't goofy. You've 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 seen through that crowd. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna do a new gimmick. He came out as Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth, who, fun fact for trivia fans, was apparently uh, Eugene's ex-wife, Nick Dinsmore's ex-wife. Uh, Congratulations, man. That was she's she was attractive. And then finally he came out as Naomi with the full glow hair and did like a funny dance and a skid down the ramp. And he was like, Whatever, you're all rubbish to the crowd. You you prefer characters over wrestling. And then he walked to the back. I thought this was you know, this was essentially what the interviews had set up. So I I pretty much assumed they were going to do something like this anyway. It Ziggler performed what he had perfectly. He really played that role well, and he got the crowd to boo him. And if the the long term plan is to set up a Bobby Roode feud, who has a spectacular, one might say, glorious entrance, then making fun of entrances is a kind of organic way to do it. So what was your problem with it? Well, I mean, the, the the striking thing that you said there was that the crowd booed him, which mm. I don't think they did, because this got over like a fart in a church. 
this the the crowd and I'll be honest, the crowd were dead all night long. They only popped for two people mm-hmm. really, and that was Shane and and Randy Orton, people that they probably recognised from ten years ago. It, it it was very much that crowd because they were they really weren't into Shinsuke either. I didn't think that about the crowd. I thought the crowd were pretty flat throughout, mm-hmm. uh, only really popping for for Randy. And they were they were more into Randy in the match than they were uh, Shin, uh, Shinsuke. I th- I thought they were. Just above average on the roundiness. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, but I and I thought they were dead during this segment. Mm. I thought this got over like a final judge. I thought it was embarrassing. I thought it was really cringeworthy, mainly because the crowd weren't react like crowd weren't reacting the way I think they wanted them to react. I don't think the crowd knew how to react to it. I'll be honest. If I was in the crowd, I don't know how I'd have reacted to it either, because I'd have you got this, you got this goofball coming out. Um, and saying things that don't really, really mean anything, and then like starts doing a bit of a John Cena entrance, then stops doing that, goes back, comes out doing a Macho Man entrance, but then stops doing that, then goes out and does a different entrance. I just thought the whole thing came up was really spectacularly lame and unfunny, and just I thought it was just really naff. I, I mean, it, it was the gimmick that I predicted, which is I'm not about characters. Mm. I'm, I don't need rebranding. I'm already awesome, like. So I'd have just done that. And in fact, actually, that's what they were kind of doing. So he came out to his music and his uh, his tights and everything. And the commentators were going like, oh, I thought he was going to do rebranding. He's more or less the same character. He's the exact same character he's always been. I I just think that's a much better story to tell. I, I get what you're you're saying and I get you know where it's going. And if they're going to do this next week again and then interrupted by uh, the glorious piano. That's all well and good, I suppose. But... For me, I, this didn't work. I mm. thought this was pretty, pretty pants. And in fact, actually, I'd say this was worse than the next match. I, uh, oh, really? No, that God, God, no, of course oh, not. Okay. <laughs> Let's uh, be I, honest. I obviously, I'm not like, this is the storyline. This is the gimmick that's going to change Dolph Ziggler around. But I thought it was perfectly fine for what it was. No, I, I, I didn't like well, it. With, with the whole character over wrestling thing, if you really want to commit to that, go back, shave your hair, just come out in black tights, short black trunks, the shorter the better, Dolph. <laughs> and essentially do what Shibata did. He was known as the wrestler. You know, he didn't he, he was just a mean focused guy who hit hard. And you could you could sort of do a play on that. Dolph Ziggler is now just about the wrestler. He's got the collegiate wrestling background and amateur wrestling. So you have him come out stripped down like that. Not totally stripped down, but mm. like I said, skimpy shorts, Dolph. And you, you play that against people. I think that and that could be quite an effective that, heel persona that eventually becomes a badass. That's much better. The problem is you're asking that of Dolph Ziggler, who, yeah. when he did a heel turn, changed absolutely nothing about himself mm. and wrestled the exact same way and acted the exact same way. Yeah, I, yeah, but I mean, he, he didn't really have the material. He was never really given the chance because when he was make given you, the chance... Make your own chances. Yep, yeah, yeah, there is the argument for that. But he did make his own chance when he went up against The Miz last year, pretty much this time last year. He put his career on the line and he won the Intercontinental Championship. It was brilliant. It was the best Dolph's been since the night after WrestleMania when he cashed in his money in the bank. But there's only so many chances you can be given and taken away before you do kind of give up. Well, it's I'm on Ziggler's side. There, there was, he's got on a very there, short side of the stick. There's a podcast that I think it might be a new podcast that's come out, but it's it's by a former WWE producer and editor mm. and a couple of other guys that used to work with the, the company who was worked with in wrestling companies. And he made the point of like, because he didn't like the segment either. And you know, because it came up in my feed, people talking about um, SmackDown Live. And he essentially just said, he goes, just go to Japan like you want to do. Mm. Just you need to get out of this company. Yeah. 
that would be the best thing and for that, him. And that really will be the best thing for him because like he has achieved sweet FA in that company. And he's been there for what feels like two like two decades and he's achieved nothing. He has achieved a lot of stuff. That's unfair to say. What did he achieve? He was a, he's a, like a multi-time champion. Yeah, but like what like, name me one memorable run in any of his championship I, reigns. Like okay, so he had that one win against Alberto Del Rio the, yeah. the night after WrestleMania. Pretty okay. damn memorable. Right, okay, that is a memorable moment. Yeah. Name me anything from the reign that but came like, after you, it. You just asked what has he done? No, no, no. I said okay, yeah, but that's not an achievement. That's a you're the one who's always said that's about like mo- moments over everything else. Yeah. That is a moment that led to nothing like his title reign was he was booked like a joke mm. Dolph, that's Dolph's fault but that's, to, not, to not, say, that's, not, that's not Dolph's fault uh, sorry that's yeah I, fault. I meant that wrong but the uh, to say that he's done nothing at all because I was so into Dolph when he was doing the hashtag heel stuff and he was appearing on Long Island Ice and he had that Zack Ryder feud going on I was super into that no man I, I don't know I had a hoodie I bought a barbershop window that had hashtag heel written down the side I think that in, in, He's been in, scuppered in, recently. Yeah, I, I think that, and I'm not saying any of this is Dolph's fault. Mm. Absolutely not saying any of this is Dolph's fault. But for me personally, Dolph has achieved sweet FA apart from that one moment. And none of it has ever been his fault. He has been a real, <coughs> he's been the worst victim of stop-start pushes in WWE. And it's, and it's a real shame because he is a really good and he's a genuine talent that I feel they've squandered. And the worst thing about it is he's he spent all of his best years mm. physically, that's what they usually say, he spent all of his best years squandering himself in the mid-card of a company that doesn't care about him. I, I, I do agree. I, he has been squandered in WWE, but to say he's achieved nothing, I completely disagree. That's, that's fine. Uh, so next up, we did have something that really did achieve nothing. <laughs> Aiden English beating Sami Zayn in about a minute off of a like surprise roll-up. Yep. It was a distraction roll up where there was no distraction. You could call it a roll up, but it was it was different. There's no kind of roll, I believe. And no kind of roll. Yeah, I mean technically that was it, but the it it was a roll up from out of nowhere. Yeah. So it was um did nothing Yeah, it was really surprising. And it's funny as well because so I did the NXT uh, the botched NXT call up uh, mm. video on yeah, yeah. Sunday did that go up? Yes. Yeah, when I on Sunday. And there were a lot of people who took me Excuse me. He took me to task for not having Sami Zayn in that video. In fact, actually, one of my favorite comments was just like, "This is why you suck," because Ollie would have had Sami Zayn in this video, which really made me chuckle. It's not like you don't read through these. Things. I would have, <laughs> and he would have been champion. Basically, <laughs> essentially, write the script together. But anyway, um, but like, someone made a comment there, like, "Sami Zayn should have been on this list. He got beat by Aiden English last week." And then everyone was like, yeah, because Kevin Owens powerbombed. He didn't really lose. Yeah. And that was my reaction as well. I was like, well, Aiden English didn't really beat him. Kevin mm. Owens beat him. But yeah, here we are a week later. And yeah, Aiden English just beat him. Just beat him in less than a minute. <sighs> yeah, the idea was that the match was replayed from last week because of the KO interference. And that match was scrapped from the record. And they could have made up for it. But nope, they, nope, just, nope. they just went back. Up. Yeah, There's- I'm- there's a shot on WWE.com in their gallery of the match, and it's just Sami Zayn sitting there with his head in his hands. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I get you, man. I, I'm okay, so I'll say this now. I've just had my big thing about Dolph Ziggler. If Sami doesn't leave this company, I'm going to have the exact same conversation about Sami Zayn in 10 years' time. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, next up, we had a pretty good uh, segment. First of all, New Day came into uh, Daniel Bryan's office, and the Usos revealed that next week. 
We'll have a street fight. Boo. A Las Vegas street fight. Boo. No. No, man. Like it's like you get to pick any gimmick you can have. It's just like it's just the plainest gimmick. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the gimmick where it's perfectly legal for the team with three people to use all three people in the match. (laughs) Yeah. Make a freaking cage match. That makes more sense if you want to get rid of the third person. I I just thought it was a really lame stipulation, and there's a reason why the crowd didn't react. Yeah. Because they were like, it's gonna be a street fight. Crickets. Yay, denim. We want je- we, we want ladders. <laughs> we don't want denim. jeans. We want ladders. Uh, yeah, but then Daniel Bryan got a call from Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. and in typical Vince McMahon fashion, he wanted Bryan to suspend Shane. Not backstage. Not in a private meeting. Not you know on Wednesday. But right now, in the middle of the ring, Loved in that. front of the live crowd, I that is that. so Vince. Yeah. That is Vince 101. Loved it. That was great. And then, yeah, that segment played out. Uh, and Shane reacted like this. That's that's. I, I was doing it for, for audio listeners. Yeah. It was a completely blank face. Not, not the world's greatest actor it is, Shane. And I like, in his head, he's probably thinking, I'm showing so much inner torment right now. But it's like when he throws punches, he's like, oh man, my worked punches are so good. It really looks like they're connecting to the people's faces. Daddy, look at my punches. (laughs) Daddy, look at me jump off a hell in a cell. Daddy, look at my sad face. I I thought that uh, Brian was great in this segment. Oh, he's so good. He was so good in this segment. Like, he gets acting. He can do facials very well. Not that kind of facial. Uh, and he, he brought up The Miz in a really nice reference. He said, look, last year in Talking Smack, when The Miz was saying to me, you know, you can't wrestle. You should just leave. Ha ha ha. You had to retire. I wanted to headbutt him. Who was it who told me not to do that and to cool down? It was you, Shane. And now you've jeopardized not just yourself, but the entire SmackDown brand because you put your hands on a performer. Mm-hmm. And I was I was going to go to town on that bit in the SmackDown review because I was like, what are the rules? What are the rules? <laughs> to steal a always sunny in Philadelphia joke. Oh, okay. I don't, don't watch that. Anyone will get that. No, I don't watch that show. Uh, the, it's like, but Triple H, you know, helped Kevin Owens win the title. Since when has there been such a precedent for authority figures not to touch uh, um, maybe it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's a SmackDown <laughs> only rule. Well, then I went back and I checked out the AJ Styles feud. Shane didn't lay his hands on him until a match had been booked between the two, making Shane a competitor. So, also, so it was actually well played out, and I really like this story. Well, also what you're looking for is continuity, mm. and uh, what WWE really want you to do is forget continuity, yes. and just like new rules are introduced every month, but are played up like they've been there forever. But anyway, this this was the the next bit of the night-long, fan, really good storyline. Like It got more intriguing with every turn, and... Uh, yeah, this was good. The only down point was that Shane really didn't sell it that well no. in his face. But next up, I really, really like this match. I'm, I'm glad you did, because yeah. I did too. Baron Corbin taking on Ty Dillinger. It was hella solid. Yeah, hella solid. Hella uh, I, solid. I thought Baron looked really good, which is a, the first in quite some time Baron has looked yep. any good. I thought Ty came off really well in defeat. I thought this was a really solid match. I yep. loved I loved the finish. I I really enjoyed it. Ty's such a good worker. So like, you, you can so feel good. it. Uh, yeah. And I this was the first moment because of course AJ Styles was on commentary here. And one of my favourite bits of the match was Baron Corbin did this this uh, illegal throat punch. throat punch. And you don't really get proper babyface commentators anymore calling out the heels outraged. What do you think Byron Saxon's there to mm. do? 
but yeah. to whine and it complain. doesn't feel passionate though it doesn't feel real no of course not because yeah, he's reading yeah. it off a script but you know jr used to do it very well all the time and here when baron corbin punched ty in the throat aj styles is screaming cheap shot cheap shot you know that's not allowed you know it's I all he like, is he's a cheap shot artist yeah and all of a sudden i was like oh my god i feel outraged at baron corbin now and i thought what a great call that yeah. was and then i realized this has been quite nice on commentary actually what's the Corey graves is commentating instead of jbl yeah we actually haven't talked about this yet we <coughs> we although jbl still appears in the jingle yeah. for the moment because i haven't recorded a new one um yeah it was nice having Corey on, on commentary now i will say because a lot of when people said what do you think with jbl stone i was like this is renee's time this is renee's time and no we're just gonna Did you see just, renee's tweet no she because a lot of people were saying this and renee young posted uh i was never any good on nxt i don't think this is gonna happen oh, i don't know man like not, I, not like renee is so she's so much better than the role she's in than just my guest at this time or actually know what their role is now is like well things are certainly heating up between mm. x and y but now my guest at this time she's so much better than being reduced to just that and i mean she can't be any worse than lita yeah yeah that's that's definitely well you that i would have preferred her to have been on the may young classic and you build her up that way I'm, yeah i'm not a fan of chucking people straight onto the main roster anymore no like that and, and, and if it wa- and if it wasn't going to be renee then i'd have loved it to have been nigel because yeah. because yeah. nigel's so he like he's just taken like to the wwe style of commentary like a duck to water and just like and has added his own personal so he is the new Corey graves he's just he's created his own style of commentary and he's so great at it Reason like I love Corey and I think Corey's great, but as we said in the news yesterday, like brand split be damned. Just <laughs> there's a video going up about this uh, on the weekend actually. I I wish the shows were just kept more separate and just made to feel different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Uh, and and it's the it's the old NXT gang, isn't it? It is. Graves, yeah. Saxton and Phillips. So they, oh, that's right. Yeah, they, it they is. They all know how to work together. I yeah. thought I thought they did a real solid job. Really good job. Yeah. And nowhere was it better. Oh, just quickly aj said afterwards to ty i want you to answer the u.s title open challenge next week in las vegas so baron corbin's answering uh, but hopefully he doesn't and that's another really cool match for next week it's like a mini pay-per-view next week uh but really good call of course from Corey graves he is the kinshasa man in the main event of shinsuke nakamura taking on randy orton in an even hella match this was great this was a really good match this was so good and like i came into the studio today raving about this match and i know a lot of people are really down on nakamura a lot of people saying like he's just not showing he's not shown how great he can be in wwe and there's mm. a lot of people going to his defense who know that he can be better than this and a lot of people going like nope he's shown me absolutely nothing since he came here he's just overhyped in fact actually there's a there's a a, a campaign of sorts on the uh, the wrestling observer boards for shinsuke, Nakam- uh, shinsuke nakamura to win most overrated wrestler of 2017 so like there are a lot of people who are really down on nakamura and this match showed why nakamura is great because he was so good in this match and he like i i've not been the biggest randy orton fan i've i've said it many times i'm not the biggest randy Orton fan but he was great in this match as well and both of them played their roles so perfectly you could tell that randy was really into it you can tell that nakamura was really into it i thought they both just clicked so well and told a great story and I just wish we had more of this Nakamura. But then again, you can't always have this Nakamura. And that's fine. 
But I think that a lot of people don't realise that you can't always have this Nakamura, which is why everyone expects this all the time. Mm. Why I, it's why I've always thought that he should have been treated like the uh, SmackDown's Brock Lesnar and, yeah. only, and only be used for special occasions. It's um, it was just a great counter base match. Yeah, because I feel like all the big moments were these really good counters. It was uh, the first bit that was uh, Autumn was reaching over the ropes to get uh, Nakamura into a draping DDT, and Nakamura just hit him with a kick you know, right up into his head, which was great. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the most spectacular match spot of the week for me, better than uh, Braun Strowman slamming Big Show through the cage which was Randy Orton going for an RKO and Shinsuke Nakamura turning that RKO from out of nowhere, mid-air, into an armbar. I popped huge. Oh, my God. It was so great. I popped for that. I also popped for the uh, the Kinshasa into the Power Slam. Yeah. So awesome. Really, really good stuff. Really loved it. Also like Jinder. I like that he's got his little spot now up in the arena mm-hmm. and watching on from the audience rather than that stupid... Uh, backstage side TV shots. Well, I mean, shots. if those uh, images are um, anything to go by, there's plenty of seats he could have taken. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Not not a well-attended SmackDown for the second week on a row. New. Because Cena's on the other brand. <laughs> and, yeah, in, in just over a month, Shinsuke Nakamura has beaten Orton and Cena. Mm-hmm. And he's probably going to lose to Jinder. Again. I, I thought this was a... A really, really great match. Loved it. And then we had uh, the big announcement at the end of the show. Well, that's it, because you could have ended there. Like, that's a good ending. But then we had the cliffhanger of next week, Mr. McMahon is returning to TV. Now, you know what this means. It means that Vince is very unhappy with SmackDown. Oh, you think, oh, like in in real life backstage. In real life backstage. The Mr. McMahon character is only ever brought out when Vince is like, this isn't working. It Mm. needs, I need to come on here and and save this because the Mr. McMahon character does increase ratings and usually does increase attendance and does Mm. increase ticket sales. He is a draw. And that's, it, it happened, the last time we really saw the Mr. McMahon character was when they were trying to get, and this is going to sound ridiculous for me to say, but it was when they were trying to get Roman Reigns over as yeah. a, as the top babyface in 2014, 15? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2015, yeah. It was when I was in New York. It was League of Nations. That's the year that all the League of Nations stuff, yeah. And that was the that was the last time we really had the Mr. McMahon character. And he only came back because they were like, because Roman's not getting over as a babyface. What we need is a heel authority figure for him to go against and what better heel authority figure than a Mr. McMahon and I'll have like this group of dorks that will follow me around the League of Geeks and that's so when they as soon as Brian said like yeah uh, Vince asked me to, to suspend you I was like man Vince is not happy with this show I mean it's a McMahon family storyline though so uh, well, no, but it, yeah but you could have done this storyline without Vince being there Actually, uh, wait a second. Before the brand split last year, that's when Vince was. Yeah, but that but that was when he was he wasn't Mister McMahon. He was just being Vince. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. But anyway, and, but, and you got to remember, they are two different people. Vince does genuinely believe that that you have Vince McMahon and you have Mister McMahon, and they are two very different people. Well, it's a hell of a cliffhanger, and it's going to be a wicked show next week. Well, it's certainly stacked, at least. Yeah, absolutely. So Raw or Smackdown, two very good episodes of WWE television this week. Like I said earlier, probably the best uh, back-to-back WWE show, back-to-back yeah. shows in, you know, in about six months, I think. But the question is, Oliver, is who do you th- which do you think was better? Quite unequivocally, 
SmackDown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's 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 an hour shorter, and when there there was only one bad thing on SmackDown, and I really enjoyed it. it had a had a much better through line narratively, whereas uh, Raw was just building up to the main event, which is just just as good. That's a, another way of doing it. But I thought this had an actual story rather than a build. It's kind of different. I don't know what I mean by that, but hopefully you get the point. And and you had you know newsworthy stuff after Raw. I was like, what can I title the Raw review? Uh, Roman was a bit of a heel, and then you know SmackDown. You've got loads. You've got number one contender. You've got Shane McMahon suspended. You've got Vince McMahon return announced. It was a meaty show. Uh, best match, best WWE match at least of the of the week with the main event. Um, and that freaking counter into a, an armbar off the RKO. SmackDown quite easily for me. Yeah, I'm actually going to go SmackDown as well. Coming into this record, I was going to go Raw. Oh, but I convinced you. No, you didn't convince me. Yes. It was talking about no, the show. Talking about the show. So anyway, we goes like, do you know what? I've been given. I gave SmackDown a bit of a hard time when I was I was thinking about it during mm. the day de- or during the morning, and I did actually very much enjoy the show. Really liked uh, the 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 Ty Dillinger Baron Corbin match. Loved the main events. Uh, I liked the through line that they've got. They're building up this next week's show. That's another thing that makes me think that Vince is very unhappy with SmackDown mm-hmm. at the moment because next week is being built as like a mini paper. You've got three title matches on next week's show uh, and the return of Vince. So it's like, man, we need to start popping these ratings and selling some tickets because we're more almost having empty arena matches. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go SmackDown this week. It's the first time I've got SmackDown in a while. But um, I, th- I thought SmackDown was a really solid show this week. Crikey, what a show that was. It was a good show. We got into some meaty subjects. We certainly did, yeah. I'm, I'm curious at how the Dolph Ziggler chat goes down. Mm. Um, mainly because I know there are some like big fans of Dolph that will probably be very upset with with my, shall we say, controversial views. So I don't know. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be intrigued to see how they go down. I feel like you're controversial because you've got the right view, but I just think it's hyperbolic to say he's done nothing of note, like done nothing at all. I no, I didn't say he's done nothing. I said he's accomplished sweet effort. He, he's accomplished nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That still, that still <laughs> seems like a. Anyway, we're not getting into that again. The cruiserweight division. We what? identified a new floor of. You certainly did identify a new floor. Uh, what was the other thing that we Vince did? Vince McMahon. Yeah, he's unhappy. Really well, yeah, my, my theory is that like, and if, if I were a, uh, a poor journalist, I would have definitely already written that article and said that my sources have told me mm. that Vince is unhappy with the show and that's why he's doing it. I know what you're doing in Thursday's news episode. <laughs> write it up now. So let's go through some iTunes reviews because, of course, if you write a review, preferably uh, five stars on iTunes, which helps us out in the grand scheme of being noticed in the charts and whatnot, then we will read it out and we will give you a cheap pop. So, yes, please do write those and, and we'll try to read them out. So this one comes from Phase the Firebird. Another five-star review. Keep rambling on about wrestling. Well, skipped ones. And I'll keep watching. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I didn't actually mean to interrupt you. Do you want to read that out again? Yes, I think I shall. Sorry. Jeez. Keep rambling on about wrestling, and I'll keep watching. Woo! Woo! Cheers, Phasey yes. Firebird. Phasey Firebird. Apologies for Luke just do apologize. talking over Steam stuff. Steamrolled over that. But I do feel like we've skipped two. Um, no, we've done those. I've uh, I've sort of jumped. I'm going up. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. didn't say that. And well, I, did, I didn't know I had to explain myself to you. Do apologise. Um, also, I've gone back to the US reviews. Mm. I thought I'd do as a change. We've been doing the UK recently. Uh, M Williams seven one eight seven writes: 
Lukey Leftfoot and Ollie the Don. Mm. I lost touch with wrestling around 2000. One day I randomly stumbled across a video on YouTube of Ollie and got back into it all. Once Luke came around, I got hooked. Now I can't wait for the weekly updates. Woo! Cheers, Cheers. M. Williams, 7187. That's a story Woo. you never hear, though. Someone fell out of wrestling in 2000. Yeah, it's like, a hot you, year. It's a, it's a very hot year. Usually the story you hear is that, yeah, after 2001 I stopped watching. I, I kind of hung on till 2002, but that was when I, I fell out mm. of it. You often don't hear people say 2000. That's very interesting. Because Austin turned heel in 2001. Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, one of the hottest years ever. Maybe he just got to, you know, I think everyone has that moment in their childhood, teenage years, mm -hmm. where you're like, now nah, I'm going to pick girls. Yeah, no, I'm, I completely I completely get mm. that. Also, maybe, maybe he was just a massive Mick Foley fan. Yeah, and where once once Mick had gone, there was like, there was no need to watch anymore. And finally, we've got one from Brody Mac. They write, can't get enough. I'm only 13, but I know and understand way more than a fruity pebble John Cena Superman. I absolutely can't get enough of Wrestle Ramble or Wrestle Talk in general. Always nice to have something to relax, to do chores to. Keep it up, guys. Hashtag push Wonder Wally. Woo, Brody Mac. Mac. Oh, cheers, Brody, Brody Mac. Mac. Brody Mac. That's, that's an excellent wrestler name as well, Brody Mac. Brody Mac's good. Do you want to hear something depressing for the previous reviewer, Michael Williams, or M. Williams? I don't know why I put a Michael in there. Uh, it might be Michael. So you lost touch uh, with wrestling originally in the year 2000. And um, Brody Mac hadn't been born for another four oh, years. Oh, cool. Yeah, Ooh. that's a stinger, isn't it? Yeah. Blimey. Who's the bigger fan? What are you going to... Brody Mac, don't leave us. <laughs> don't discover girls and stop liking wrestling. Oh, this is it. This is wig. He's coming up to his year oh, 2000. No, it's a tough time, Brody Mac. <laughs> You've just got to... They'll, they'll trick you, the ladies. Stay the course. Women's wrestling is cool now. Yep, yep. You, you, can, meet, you can meet girls in wrestling. Honest. I'm sure they... Yeah, I mean, I, I wish there uh, were more of them. But yeah. yeah, they do exist. Oh, well. Anyway, that's all we've got time for today. But please do write a five-star review on iTunes. And we'll see you on Saturday for some fantasy booking warfare. Love you. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.